This is a Rooster Teeth production. Okay, so last time that, we were at that was deleted, and then the yep. hard drive it was on was formatted, uh -huh. and then it was shredded. Well, that's good. Uh, <laughs> last time we were at Batch, this time we're at Thunderbird, and uh, this is episode five. So okay. uh, feel free to take it away. Have we started? Uh, yes. Good morning, Gus. You got it in for the first time. How I, are you doing? I, I, I'm good. I was trying every time I'd been trying to start the podcast to like. Cut you off to make you forget. Right, right, right. But you, you were, you were expecting it I'll this be, time. I'll be undeterred. Got a fair amount of uh, audio texture today. It's mm -hmm. more consistent than episode three, but I think it's more low key. It's not yeah. as much uh, trash trucks and buses. Well, we've got our eyes on a different picnic table yeah. as soon as this dude quits pretending to work on his laptop. We're at Thunderbird on Maynard. There goes a big truck. I just said it. We're at Thunderbird on Maynard. I used, I, I've been to this coffee shop quite a bit. It's been a little while since I've been here. Yeah. This, this area. It's probably been since before pandemic before I was well, out here. So it's been like two, maybe three years since I've been out here. You and I both used to live on the east side. Yeah. And now we don't. But so on the east side, this is like a great, I'm going to sing the praises of Thunderbird. This is a great like middle of the city east side coffee shop. Yeah. Like if you live a little south of here, it's easy to get to. If you live a little north of here, it's easy to get to. It's kind of right in the heart of things. Mainer's a great street if you're not familiar with yeah, Austin. Yeah. A lot of restaurants and bars and stuff. Not a lot of bars, but a few. Uh, enough to get drunk at. It, it's weird to me that, you know, just down the road from here is Bird Bird Biscuit. And there used to be another Mainer over on 2222, and that one became a Bird Bird Biscuit. Like, they, or there used, oh, to be yeah, another, there used to be another Thunderbird over yeah. there on, on, on 2222, and, or Koenig. And it closed and became a Bird Bird Biscuit. Can we talk about that? Why does that road have so many names? That road has three names. Yes. It's Allendale, Koenig, or 2222, which are all correct, but vary depending on where you are on the road. And it changes uh, that those th those it becomes those three different roads in the span of like six blocks. Yeah, like it doesn't take long to get from one to the other to the other. It's also the same as like 290 Ben White and 71, which so they're confusing. all the same west of 35, but then east of 35, it's only 71 and Ben White because 35 becomes 290. It's like the intricacies of living in Austin. You know, like like. You would say Mueller and not Miller because it's definitely not Miller because yeah. that's not right at all. Like that's a way to tell when someone doesn't actually live in Austin is when they say the wrong name for something because it's confusing. I get it. Do you know what that reminds me of? Ah, uh, fuck. We're getting off on tangents already. Uh, there was stuff I wanted to talk about. But do you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of one time you and I were eating at Baby A's on Riverside. Yeah. This is how long ago this was. Pre-Rooster Teeth, yeah. I'm assuming, if it's Baby A's on Riverside. So you and I are working tech support, eating $6 enchiladas. And Expensive. <laughs> it was probably 425 if I'm being honest. I will never forget this. You, uh, I had li I had been in Austin for a while. You had been, obviously, you were born here. And uh, we're drinking Lone Stars waiting for our food to come. Yeah. And some guy at a table next to us taps us on the shoulder and says, hey, I just want to let you all know. Uh, I can tell you all aren't from around here. But if you want to blend in, nobody in Austin drinks Lone Star. And, uh, and I go, I've lived here for like eight years. And you go, I was born here. <laughs> and he goes, huh? And I go, it's all we can afford. And he goes, oh, uh, I'm sorry. And he just like he moved away. Yeah, he was that, so shocked to find out that we were yeah. like we were local. What, what's funny to me is that I guess that may that may have been true at one point, but then like Lone Star made like a hipster revival renaissance, oh, yeah. and then it came back, and then it was definitely true, which is weird because. I felt like there was a similar thing. We kind of, did we talk about this? We I think we kind of came adjacent to a conversation like this in an earlier episode. But I don't think we ever really dug into it. But craft beer and like micro brewers, breweries in Austin, in Texas, I guess, seemed like it wasn't a thing forever. Then it became a huge thing because like for a while, yes. like the independent beer you wanted to drink 
was Shiner, and that was it. It was like you either were to drink like Budweiser, or like one of the big ones, or Shiner, and then that was that was those were your options. I think it was. I think I remember it being it going uh, the latter being like this: if you were exceptionally broke but wanted to be Texasy, you drank Pearl Light. Oh Pearl. God, yeah. And then if you were like. Average Joe Day, you drink Lone Star because it had a puzzle on it too, which was always Arebus. Arebus, yeah. And then if you were feeling fancy, Shinerbot. Yes. And that was it. Yep. You're right. It was pre, like now it's like there's eighteen thousand different beers about. I don't Texas. know what changed. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Can can I just say that the uh, Lone Star under the cap puzzles aren't there anymore? Yeah, yeah they're, they're gone. gone. They're gone. I don't know. Cost cutting. I don't. Yeah. How much does it take to? Print, I don't know. A puzzle, it's, a, it was a major loss. That's why I quit drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking, uh, we're talking about being a Thunderbird, though, and I was going to ask okay. you a question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm here to answer questions. Do you remember? This wasn't always a Thunderbird, but it has always been a coffee shop, or at least in this iteration. I think okay. it was a house for a while. But do you remember what the original coffee shop was before? No, I, I don't think I came to Thunderbird before like 2008, 2009. Mm. So it's always been Thunderbird to me. So it was originally. Clementine. I don't remember. It was, that. A, it was a coffee shop called Clementine. It opened up. It was, I would say, early two thousands, right around the time this area started to really pick up, and then uh, and then it was Clementine for a few years, and I think they sold it to the Thunderbird people. But the original Thunderbird, to my knowledge, is that one that is Bird Bird Biscuit now, uh, over on Koenig. Yeah. And uh, then this was like their satellite Thunderbird. Oh, and now I think this is the only one. Yeah, the other one closed. I, there may be another Thunderbird around town that I'm not aware of. There probably is. But, uh, but yeah, to my knowledge, that was the original. This was the, this was the expansion, and then they closed the original. God, are we going to talk about like businesses? Because I'm looking at Hoover's over your shoulder, <laughs> which is a great restaurant. Uh, it's okay. It, well, it's great. It's okay. Anyone who visits Austin should make it. Cause if they're right. in the area, eat at Hoover's. I love Hoover's. It's all right. You think anyone who visits Austin should go yeah, to Hoover's? Yeah, go to Hoover's. I, I really don't agree with Come them there. Come over to the east side. It's okay. It's okay. It's, I don't like I don't like I don't like Southern down home cooking. Like you're from gills, Alabama. Maybe that's why I don't like it. I'm, See, uh, I, I gills, do not Hoover's, do not put Hoover's I'm, in the same category as Threadgills. Threadgills. I don't think anyone who ever made food at Threadgills had ever seen salt or pepper in their life. They have no idea. <laughs> they had no idea what spice was or any kind of flavor. All if right. you wanted bland white gravy on a chicken fried steak that tasted like nothing, yeah, I mean Threadgills was the place for you. Yeah, Sadly, but Janice Joplin worked there. I guess so. Uh, that, that sustained Hoover's them for about 30 years. Flavor. Hoover's used to have a second location well, we up can, off of 183, but that's gone. Now it's just this one over here on we, the main. <laughs> we can argue the disparity in seasoning, but the, the menu is very similar. The same kind of food is where I'm going. Yeah, like, you're going to get a chicken fried steak. You're gonna go to, bad. It's sure. like you may as well go to Luby's if you're going to eat at Threadgills. Ooh, that's rude. That's <laughs> rude. not good. How rude. I mean, yeah, I guess it's not around anymore, whatever. I mean, I, it, it was here for a long time, but... I, I tried that place every couple of years, Threadgills. I just never I could. I feel the same about Hoover's. It was always so bland. Really? Who? Well, I don't. Hoover's not bland. Hoover's just like makes you feel bad after you eat it. It's like real greasy and real heavy. It's Although delicious. I will say they had a quesadilla there that was mm, one of the best quesadillas I've ever had. All right, man. I'm, I'm learning a lot about you. I ate at Hoover's for the first time with you. Yeah, probably. God, that was forever ago. Back in '99 or two, no, 2000 maybe 2001. We ate there with. Uh, Zach. Zach Bastion? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was, a, that was, a, that was a, the first time I ever ate there. He, he's the one who, uh, who, who, who introduced me to, to Hoover's. Oh, uh, something that we haven't been doing very well. Uh, how, are, how are your coffees? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just assumed we abandoned that premise I immediately. Like, I feel like we kind of did, but, well, you know. Like, this feels like the coffee thing to me is like, well, we need a place to do this, and it yeah. feels like it's nice to get around town. I'm not really rating these. It's, but. it's really good. I, I Thunderbird coffee is uh, is excellent. Just I, <laughs> So everyone knows when we go to get a coffee, I get a drip. Gus gets an Americano. Jeff gets a cold brew. 
every time. Let me just say this, because you're right. We have abandoned the premise pretty quickly, but there are so many premises to play in, to swim in. Uh, This is a 10. This is a 10 out of 10. If you want a cold brew in Austin, uh, this is the one to get. This is fucking awesome. And I've had today alone, like I woke up this morning, my girlfriend was getting ready for work. I made her coffee. We had had a cup of coffee together. Then I went and had a meeting before this. We're at another coffee shop at Hank's, where we went two episodes ago or whatever. And uh, I had their iced coffee. So this is like my 18th cup of coffee today. Wow. So I'm I like, I'm telling you, well, I'm, I'm vibrating, yeah. first of all. But also, it's, I know it's good because I've had so many. This uh, is really good. I'm going to regret ordering hot Americanos here very soon if, as we tape this podcast outside. They have them iced here. Okay, I'll, I'll probably start getting iced, Ooh, iced once the temperature gets yeah. hot. I do want to say, uh, speaking of Hank's and episode two of Anma, I'm glad that we're recording outside, even though it's raining today. All right, fuck uh, off. <laughs> you know, it's just as rainy today as it was the day we recorded it's episode two. Point. No. And I, I listened to Alexa told me before I left that there was a, at four o'clock there is a, a zero point there's a thirty percent chance of rain and it can rain as much as zero point zero eight inches. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's like Tuesday. I would like right. like uh, episode okay. two yeah. getting uh, <laughs> getting getting washed out by all the rain having to f- having to tape inside. Uh, that is a no-win situation, by the way, because if it had started raining, all I would have gotten was shit because it started raining. Why did we do this inside? <laughs> but the reason I I, I I I bring up Hoover's and Zach is I feel like that's a, a good way to talk about some of the earlier websites that we made. Dude, uh, I'm so glad to hear you say Rooster that. Teeth. Yeah, like one of the things that made us connect early on when we were working at the call center is like we had we kind of touched on this a couple episodes ago about how. You had that zine. I knew how to make web servers and kind of knew a little bit about like HTML and stuff. And we wanted to make websites. I think I had a domain. Back then, you could only register domains with one company. Mm-hmm. It was $70 a year to register a domain uh, with Internic. And I had a domain, showmethemonkey.com. I don't know if you remember that. Not only do I remember it, I remember it being... I remember a certain day being one of the most exciting days of my life. Yeah. We, it was, Revolving it was, around that. It was uh, just like a, a, a simple flash animation of a monkey sitting in a tree eating a banana. I believe uh, your girlfriend at the time My girlfriend made? at the time made yeah. it. Uh, and uh, that was, I thought it was really funny. I don't know. So I, like, I, I bought the domain, put it up, and it was on our shared company server at the call center. So every now and then, Bernie and Jeff would quote unquote hack it since we all had access to the server and they would like put a pirate hat on the monkey or an eye patch or something. <laughs> it, was all, it was all very PG hacking. Yeah, it was all, it was all I don't know, very, very, I don't know. Yeah, PG. And uh, so anyway, we, I had this domain and then that movie with was Brendan Fraser, right? Monkey Bone. Mo- monkey yeah. Bone came out, and in the trailer, he like looks straight in the camera and shouts, "Show me the monkey!" And I was like, "That's my website." I remember t- looking at Gus and going, "We're gonna be rich." <laughs> <laughs> this is how old the internet. This is how long ago it was. And yeah, it was like, oh my god, they said our website. Like that's that we own that. With there was nothing. Of course not. Who the who the hell watches the trailer for Monkey Bone and is like, oh, show me the run monkey? Run to the web counter and watch nothing happen. <laughs> But I think that was like the start of like, hey, you know, maybe we can collaborate and do yeah. stuff together on the internet. And uh, our first idea for a website that we collaborated on was called Ugly Internet. Before you get to Ugly Internet, okay, should we talk about one of the more embarrassing things we've ever done together? It's completely related to this. Oh God, I'm terrified. Gus and I had a conversation. We had, we, we, we talked about this. Like, I love internet stuff. You love internet stuff. Let's make websites. I'm making zines. You're making monkeys. Uh, like, we, like, what are we going to do? We, we had this, like, just, we were both, like, just balls of creative energy, and we didn't know how to focus it. But we knew we wanted to focus on the internet. And so I remember one day, we made a pact 
and we shook hands and looked each other in the eye and said, let's be famous on the internet yeah. together. And we shook hands. We made it happen. And God damn it, we did it. <laughs> so, um... So I, ugly I, internet. Yeah, I never really... I'm, I'm going to backtrack a little bit, too. I never really talked about, like, dropping out of college and moving from Houston to Austin. I just want to touch on that very briefly before we get into the internet thing. I started college in the fall of 96 at Rice uh, in Houston. Full scholarship, eh? Uh, yeah. I, was, I, I received... I had grants. and like, Really every, good student. Every semester when everyone would go to, like, the registrar's office to pay their tuition, I would go get in line to get a check from the university. Mm-hmm. Anyway. How many of those semesters did you get to do Two. That? I did yeah. two of them. <laughs> because... Every... <laughs> At the time, like, I had started doing web stuff in 94 when, like, the first version of Netscape Navigator, or actually I used NCSA Mosaic, and then which became uh, Netscape Navigator. And, um, you know, 96, 97, I was sitting there, you know, we had Ethernet in the college, and I was sitting there with this fast internet for the first time in my life. And I was like, you know, I could stay here. I was not a great student. So I, I was free for the first time in my life, and I was just playing video games and fucking off all the time. But I thought I could sit here and, like, really apply myself and finish and get a degree but by the time I finish in the year 2000, the internet, like early days of the internet are going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Like I need to quit college and I need to jump on this now. Strike while, while the iron's hot. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't have money or anything. I couldn't move to California where everyone was, you know, all the Silicon Valley stuff was, was happening. I was like, I'm just going to move to Austin. Like, move to Silicon Hills, yeah, as they used to call it. It's just up the road. And like we talked about before, Austin's cheap to live in relatively. Like I'm just going to move up there. I'm sure there's other people I can find who also want to do stuff on the internet and we can make this happen mm-hmm. so like that's so why i moved up started working at the call center and it wasn't a glamorous job but at least it was like kind of in tech and you could meet people with who were tech minded mm-hmm. so it was great for that anyway so we eventually show me the monkey we get to the point where we decide we're going to w- make a website together and you know we decide we're going to make uglyinternet.com and it's a website and again rem- remember some of the other stories we told we were assholes it's a website where we decided, you know, like everyone had at the time like awards on their websites, like the beautiful whatever website award and the web rings were a thing. Oh, it was, it was so obnoxious. You would go to a website and it would be 40% little banners and like tchotchkes at the bottom mm-hmm. displaying some bullshit award that nobody had ever heard of that was invented just to give to the probably was invented by the website to give themselves the award to look legitimate because it like because the internet was you know we talk about it being the wild west it really was there was no legitimacy to it yeah right no like corporations had i mean i guess they had websites where you could maybe look at their sort stuff of. but yeah it was it was very like it was still at the point where george lucas was suing anybody who put star wars images on their website yeah. you know it was a very very different place so we decided we were going to make a website where we were going to rate other people's websites and tell them how bad they were <laughs> and send them ugly awards. And then we took it a step further. I was a real, I still am a real big nerd. I was even more of a big nerd back then. I would petition the American Registry of Internet Numbers to revoke their IP address mm-hmm. and be like, because it was like, we're running out of IP addresses. This website is wasting one that another website could be using. And I'd send letters trying to get websites removed from the internet for being too ugly. And then we would post them on our website, on Ugly Internet. We thought we were doing a public service. And we also thought that it was very clever and very funny and that everyone would be in on the joke. Right. They weren't. They were not. not at all. <laughs> we're trying to get their IP revoked. We thought everyone would be in on they're, it. They're, no, I, Aaron, we were, well, Aaron's listen, not going to give a fuck. They're not going to revoke. I'm learning something about about us. <laughs> and I'm, I'm learning that we, that Gen Xers just had a different view, like a different, oh, or a different yeah. breed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, that, and they got... Uh, 
Time passed us by very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Over the last few years. So ugly internet, uh, shockingly, was the source of our first death threat. Yeah. Uh, you may be uh, <laughs> you may uh, be astounded to hear. I don't know if we ever figured out who exactly was behind it. We narrowed it down to the building. Yeah, but uh, th- this person said they were going to kill us, sent us photos of where we lived. Oh sent me pictures God. of my truck. Oh, my God. And uh, said, I know, uh, we, I can get to you. Yeah, this is like before Google Maps and yeah. you know stuff yeah, like no, they, that. They drove to our street and took pictures of our house. We were living together. So we figured out that where the, we figured out that they, and they would call us. The phone number was at the building where the Omni is downtown at like, what is that, 7th and Brazos? Or or, Brazos? Yeah. yeah. 8th and Brazos, somewhere over there. So we went over there to try to find the person, air quotes. How are you going to find a person in a building? We just like walked around the entire building, taking elevators up to every floor, like trying to go into every door we could. What was the building at the time? Because the Omni is in complex. there, but there's also businesses and offices. Huge building, dude. Just like a guy lawyers. in an office calling you and say you're going to die? Like 30 stories. Oh my God. Yeah, and so we just like took. There were some floors we found out where there was like private. Like yeah, yeah, the yeah. doors just, open and someone just turns and looks at you like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> and when we did Ugly Internet for a year and a half, two years? Was it that long? Yeah, probably about a year and a half. And do you remember what we did after that person? Like, we laughed off the death threats. Then when they started sending pictures of our house, we got very, very scared. Yeah. But neither of us had the money to buy a gun, and I'm, I don't like guns. So we went to play it against sports. Uh, oh, by yeah. the super salad we used to eat at all the time when we were telling network, yeah. yeah, at Lamar and Ben White. Yeah. And I bought a metal baseball bat. And then we just kept it in my car. Do you remember okay, so I'm gonna make a call back here. Do you remember uh <laughs> I, I guess I can tell the story. Robert used to always carry a baseball bat in his trunk. And do you remember what he would do with well, like his his process with the baseball bat? I don't, but I w- let me tie this together with that saying in previous episodes we talked about Robert as being a guy who showed up at our house with a suitcase full of beer and, and, and a, a fifth, fifth of whiskey. Jack yeah. Daniels. He kept a baseball bat in his trunk, but he said that if you ever got pulled over and a cop found just a bat in your trunk, they would know you were up to no good. So he kept like a bag with a baseball glove, <laughs> some baseballs, and like so right. a little bit of catcher's equipment and be like, if they find a bat and other baseball equipment, then you can just say you're going to go play baseball. So they can't, <laughs> they can't do anything about you having a weapon. He's not wrong. <laughs> so that's where we got the idea to go down to play the yeah. sports and buy baseball bats. And we also bought gloves. those bags and yeah. gloves and some other things right. so we could keep it in our trunks. I forgot about that part. You're right. You're <laughs> he, absolutely he right. You didn't have enough money for a gun, but you had enough <laughs> money to play baseball. But this was... this was played against sports, played but it was sports. like an $8 bag. Yeah, it was like secondhand sporting goods. <laughs> But, you know, you don't have to buy an expensive bat. You just have to buy a bat. Man. Jesus Christ. Now, me, personally, I've never been a smoker. But I have known people uh, who have been smokers in the past. And it seems like a common theme amongst all of them is when they do try to quit, they all talk about how tough it can be and the trials of having to go through in order to try to, you know, wean themselves off of cigarettes. Nowadays, luckily, though, there's a product called Fume. Fume is a natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, natural way to quit cigarettes. Uh, It's no smoke, no vape, no nicotine replacement for the hand-to-mouth habit of smoking. Fume handcrafts wooden inhalers and uses cores-infused plant oils suited to curb cravings. They have flavors like peppermint and conquer with minty notes to simulate menthol cigarettes and other flavors like cozy chai and lemonberry bliss for a sweeter experience. And all of their flavors are 100% natural. No harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors, absolutely no nicotine. Quitting is tough, but Fume can really help. They've got thousands of five-star reviews from smokers who have tried everything else and this worked for them. So whether you're a smoker 
or ex-smoker who still struggles with cravings, or maybe you know someone uh, who's trying to quit. Maybe you can offer this. Uh, you can you can send this suggestion to them. Fume is a perfect tool for you, for them. Uh, so head over to breathefume.com slash anma and use promo code anma to save 10% off your entire order. That's 10% off your entire order when you head to breathefume.com slash A-N-M-A and use code A-N-M-A. So, um, yeah, we've, uh, that, that was pretty much the end of Ugly Internet. I don't think we ever, like, we're, I don't think we ever said, let's end this or we let's just, stop doing this. It was just like, let's find a new project. It just stopped being fun yeah. overnight. Yeah. But that was interesting because that, that was our very first attempt together at creating something. I would call it successful in that at its height, it was getting probably 200 views a day, maybe 300. I think it was about 300. Which to us seemed like 300 strangers going to our website every yeah. day to, to learn about bad websites. People would email us and like send us pictures and stuff or suggestions for websites to review. And we met our first, our very first online friend, yeah. Skylock. Yep. Uh, who followed us to Drunk Gamers. I think he may have even written for Drunk Gamers for a yeah, little while. Yeah, he did for a little while. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if he ever made the transition to Rooster Teeth, but... In the early days, yeah. Let me tell you a funny story about this guy. I think it's okay to tell this story. His his online moniker was Skylock. Uh, it was a Star Wars reference, I believe. Really cool dude. He was in California, I, can, I, I remember the city. I can tell you. I don't know if we want to say it. Probably not. It's fine. Okay. Uh, he was in California. I'll I don't tell, know. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And he became like an online friend that we would talk to every day and that he, uh, we just had it, we developed a great rapport with. And I remember feeling like, wow, this is the power of the internet. Like, here's this dude that we have this, uh, so many similarities with, uh, this kinship with, and who we've never met, who lives in California. But he had a great story one night where he went out drinking with some friends. And he was in a parking lot, uh, I think of his apartment complex. And uh, he went to pull his keys out of his pocket and he dropped them on the ground because he was drunk, right? And he went down to pick up his keys, and they fell on a grate, just like a metal grate. And when he picked up his keys and pulled back, he felt a weird pop, nope. and he looked, nope. and his pinky finger was gone. Like, right, right out of the knuckle. He had somehow got it into the grate, and when he jerked up, drunk, not paying attention, he ripped his own pinky finger off. Yeah. We saw the you And I photos. think he couldn't get it back, could he? Because uh, it went in the grate, or did he get it back? I think he got most of it back. I think he didn't get the last knuckle. Yeah. Uh, I think the last knuckle was removed uh, when they reattached uh, oh. uh, the pinky. Just, can you imagine? Just bending down to pick no. something up, and you just suddenly, your finger's gone? Oh. Ugh. He said oh. he was so drunk, it didn't hurt at the time. He was just more shocked than anything. Yeah. <laughs> but. I mean, your body probably just goes, even if you weren't drunk, like, immediately into shock. Immediately. <laughs> I didn't feel shit. <laughs> just counting to nine. You think, uh, <laughs> you think you'll make it to the end with all your fingers and toes? I hope so. Man, me too. Uh, I need them. Safeguard them for like 46, almost 47 years. I would hate to lose one now. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're most of the way there. Yeah, that's true. Even I, pinky toes? You feel like you, you made it, like your pinky toes aren't too hammered or anything? Like no, I got good pinky toes. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, the knuckle, the, the nail fell off for a while that time in the other podcast, but. It's great. Oh. Great, great pinky Pick toes. Pick her back. <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, it was really, I think it was, it was very proof of concept for what we wanted to do. And mind you, this was. I want to say 99, 2000, maybe, 2001, somewhere in that area. We were hooked. No, this was, this was early. This would have been in 99. Yeah, this would have been in the, yeah. Right after that, we were like, all right, you know, ugly internet. We're going to shelve that. Uh, we're going to come up with a new concept. And we loved drinking and playing video games. We're like, all right, well, let's make our new website. will be Drunk Gamers. It'll be just, we'll, we'll, we want to get video game companies to send us free video games so that we can review them for our video game review site, Drunk Gamers. Where we just get hammered and then talk about video games. This is, and this is the website where we would do the garage sale stories for that we talked about in a previous episode. 
this was really where we found a rhythm. Yes. Like, we were kind of flailing in a direction with Ugly Internet, and clearly there wasn't, I think even we realized there was only so far you could take that joke, and we had taken it to too the, far. Too, too, uh, far enough, yeah. And so Drunk Gamers allowed us a, a much bigger sandbox to play in. Yeah. And uh, do you remember the first game we played? The first game? We got drunk. It was me, you, and Frank. We got drunk at my or at our house, and we played Onamusha. Oh, that that's right. That was the very first thing oh we ever did that's for right. Drunk Gamers. It's a PS2 game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We drank sake because it was oh, yeah. the Japanese God, game. I did not... We got we bought and sake at cost plus. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was World Market. Yeah, yeah World Market. Like, cost plus. None of us knew anything about sake, so we just went to World Market because we knew it was there, and we bought like seven dollars sake, and it was it was no good. Horrendous. I got so drunk. I remember laying on that couch just hating yeah. everything about the world, but it 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 allowed us to learn about building online personas, and you know we were using our names, I guess. Uh, I was mm. always Gus, uh, but it allowed us to. Like, each of us picked a, like, a console, and we we're like, this is my thing. Even though in real life, I don't give a fuck. I just want to play video games, yeah. right? It was like, I'm going to be, like, the pro PS2 guy, the pro Xbox guy, the pro Dreamcast guy, whatever, right? And just, like, really try to write to a style and develop a persona yeah. in that sphere. Because, you know, video people who play video games are very territorial about consoles and stuff. And we were kind of shooting for... Like Big Brother Mag a little bit, like the video game version of Big yeah. Brother Mag, at least initially. I, I do want to point something out I think that we did that was very revolutionary when it came to drunk gamers. Uh, we live-streamed playing video games on the internet in the year 2000. Wow. I had uh, uh, like a, a web, uh, like an IP-based camera that you could stream to the web, and we were like, we're going to do a stunt, we're going to stream video games for 24 hours, and we're going to stream it to drunk gamers. And... Um, we tried to get like people to write about it, and yeah, we did. We set up, uh, and it was at my apartment over there by Barton Creek Mall. Yeah, we set up and we we stayed up for 24 hours playing video games, just streaming it to drunk, the Drunk Gamers website. Started on after work on a Friday night at like 6 p.m. I remember. Yeah. How do you have the upload speed for well, we anything didn't. like that? No, it was it was terrible. It was really choppy. So the IP camera would upload to our website, but it was you know if any if any decent amount of people started watching it, it would just like slow down and throttle to where it was like an image a second or an image every two seconds. So it was a kind of very slideshowy. We definitely didn't have the bandwidth for it, but it was like an early attempt at trying to live stream a video game uh, to the internet. Do you remember? I watched a person, I watched a, a f <laughs> we talked about Dan. We talked about the guy who hired himself at, at Rooster Teeth, uh, who, became, who played Donut in Red vs. Blue, who's to this day my favorite character. Uh, his work in Red vs. Blue is my favorite by far. I remember I saw his online persona and oh. fandom and love die in one moment. Oh, no. Dan is, Dan's a very, one of the funniest people I've ever met. One of the most naturally funny people I've ever met. Just like one of those people you sit down and you just laugh for 30 straight minutes. You don't even realize it, you know? Genuinely talented in that way. And uh, he was making some jokes. We were playing. And somebody said, hey, why don't you play Dreamcast games? And Dan was there with us, and he said, uh, we gave up on Dreamcast around the same time Sega did. Oh, we lost we, interest. We lost interest in Sega around and the Dream same time, or Dreamcast around the same time Sega did, which was a funny burn, right? Except the guy on the other end texted, uh, I bet if Sega made cheeseburgers, you wouldn't have lost interest. And that ended Dan, like Dan, that moment he was the, like, I the whole hate demeanor the just like <laughs> it just was over. It was oh, like a cloud. And I don't, I don't <laughs> think it ever room. changed. Like I think it cemented in him. People on the internet can be funny and ruthless, and I mean, we learned that definitely very early on. Yeah, but I think I, if I remember right, I want to say that 
Penny Arcade even made a like a blog post about the fact that we were going to be doing this 24-hour streaming thing when we did it. Yeah. You know, way back when in the year 2000, before you know we'd met any of those guys. We just tried to get because we we all read Penny Arcade, and we were just trying to get like other people in the video game sphere to write about us and to help promote us, so we could get our website be bigger. What I would do is we would every. Day, I think we would publish, I don't know, like four days a week or something. Yeah, something like that. We'd publish articles or stories uh, or bits, whether it's the drunk sailing or we had like an advice column called Ask Flexo or the video game reviews. Yeah. And every story we posted, I would then email. I had a list that I had compiled. And I got I, I learned this from punk zines, right? Mm-hmm. You like create a punk zine and then you send a letter to 50 record labels asking for free records and asking for access to interview <laughs> bands and shit. And then 10 get back to you and then th- those 10 become the basis of your zine. So I did the same thing with online websites. So I would just cold email like Blues News. Oh, yeah. And Tom's Hardware, maybe? Da- Tom's Hardware and Daily Radar. Maybe Slashdot? Slashdot and Penny Arcade and Happy Puppy and like all these different gaming news sites and just say like, hey, just let you know, Drunk Gamers published a new story. And Penny Arcade was one of the few groups that when, when I did that, they would mention us yeah. very kindly, like Gabe and Tycho. Yeah. Uh, and we fell in love with them early on because they were they were the first bit of support we ever had from a peer. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I use the word peer loosely because they were infinitely bigger oh, than God, us. Oh, God, they were, yeah, massive. But when we started it, I think they, I even forget, Tycho gave us a phrase, like serving up frothy. Wrath on tap. Wrath on tap. That was what it was called. Yeah. Damn. That's how I, I still have my ugly internet shirt. That says Wrath on Top. Oh, no. What's it, Trunk Gamers? It's an ugly internet. It, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. I think it's... Oh, man. I don't remember. I, I still have that old shirt. I need to find it. Oh, I, I know where it is. I need to look at it, I guess. <laughs> I remember which, what it says. But I will say, like... And I try to always remember that. They were so, they were very encouraged, very politely encouraging. And uh, I have no idea how much that helped us. Mm-hmm. It's hard to quantify that, but it was probably a lot. You know what I mean? And so you just... Try to keep that in mind when other people are starting out. Yeah. If, if it hadn't been for people like Penny Arcade, I don't know that we would have found the traction we needed to continue. Because there was no social media. I mean, Google was still new at the time. Like, I remember my f- using Google for the first time in 98, 99. Like, like there was, it's crazy to think now, like, these entrenched technologies and the way we use the web just didn't really exist or, like, in the very infant stages at the time. God, I, I never lose my train of thought in any other <laughs> podcast, other than, which I guess makes sense. It's the old man podcast. Well, it's a, it's a meandering podcast, too. I've lost my train of thought like six times. I've been in like six different directions I wanted to go that I lost and I can't get back to. Yeah. Um, so, Drunk Gamers, we, we, we know now and we learned, it was a hard lesson to learn, but we learned it after a while, is that no video game company wants to be associated with people who, use, who label themselves drunks. Mm. Yeah, or, who, or alcohol. Who, uh, who deal, you know, who consume alcohol like that. So it was it was a very hard sell, but we le- we leveraged that website into being able to attend E3 because it was now we we had credentials, we had yes. a website, we did reviews, and E3 was a lot more strict back then about who could go in. Uh, you had to definitely prove you had credentials and you were legitimate. So we all attended E3 in 2001 for the first time. Yeah, we you and I went for well, we went under the auspice that we were gonna. Talk to video game developers about providing outsourced technical support for the call center for their call for our call center. So that way, the call center paid Bernie. Uh, you know, he's the vice president of the call center. So Bernie, Gus, and I went. Uh, just, we, we really went for dr- drunk gamers. Got us in the yeah. door, but we were going to try to drum up business for just the call real, center. Real quick clarification: I actually didn't work at the call center at this time. Okay, I had left. And I worked at that other company downtown, so I had to pay my own way <laughs> uh, to go to, to E3 uh, in LA. Free trip for me. Yeah, um, and that was. Eye-opening. I mean, that was that was a crazy year because 
the Xbox original Xbox was not out yet. Mm. So it was like Microsoft's grand unveiling of the Xbox. This was in May 2001. I think the Xbox came out in November. So it was like six months before the Xbox came out. Two years before Rooster Teeth came out. Yeah, we got to go and uh, like play all the Xbox launch titles. Um, I was drunk on margaritas and I slipped on the, on the convention floor and I looked down and the thing I had slipped on was a press pass. Uh, that someone had fallen off of someone's lanyard, so I instantly replaced my pass with the press pass. I don't know if you remember this, and got into the press only area at the Microsoft wow. booth, and like to try to like get shit to write about for drunk gamers, and uh, just try to like get content. But what's 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 weird to me is this was the first time that the public got their hands on the video game Halo, and Bungie was there showing it off, and they had a webcam that would take images every now and then and upload it to their website. If you go through that archive, you'll find an image of us standing there playing Halo for the first time. It was wow. me, and, you, and Matt, I think, yes. in the photo. Yeah. Uh, playing Halo for the first time. We were playing, if I remember right, Capture the Flag on Blood Gulch. Uh-huh. Uh, just staring at it, like, in amazement. And uh, it's weird how influential that game became to us later on for, you know, future projects that we haven't even touched on yet. And we were excited about to even check out Halo, I don't know if you remember, because we were, well, you guys had a longer history with Bungie than I did, for sure, with Marathon yeah. and stuff. But I was excited because uh, we were all, like, jazzed about Oni. Yeah. Like, Oni was going to be the most amazing video game, and this was the people, th these were the people that were making Oni. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I can't, no one remembers Oni. I can't remember one thing about Oni. It was a, um, it was a lady. Kanoko. Kanoko. Yeah. She was uh, in that police force. Yeah. <laughs> but it is wild to think that, like, that video game Halo is in large part responsible for our career. Yeah. And there is footage of us playing it before it came out. For the out, first we time. Had any idea. Yeah. But our, our, literally our first impressions. And if you look at that image, I'm wearing a red Hawaiian shirt. And I was wearing that because there was another game coming out that I was excited about, State of Emergency. Oh, and yeah. one of the main characters wore that red Hawaiian shirt. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to wear a red Hawaiian shirt to E3. It'll look just like the guy in State of Emergency. You were bounding and you didn't even know it. it hadn't even been invented yet. <laughs> but we learned a lot, you know, walking around and seeing how the industry actually works and, you know, going to a trade show, which was very difficult, impossible probably to get into, you know, as a general public, trying to make contacts and learning how to interact with people in this industry we were trying to break into and, and learn more about. I remember how we saw the Metal Gear Solid 2 trailer. Remember they were played at the top of the mm -hmm. hour at the Konami booth on that giant screen? Just like, it was, it was a crazy... E3 to go to as a first one. And I, and I will say, and I, I, we don't want to hammer the probably the, e, the video game stuff too hard, but I, I will say we get a lot of, to this day, uh, and we have for the last 19 years, a lot of emails and social media posts from people asking how to get how, how, how we got our start, how to get how to get a foothold in the industry. Uh, and I'm not saying this is how you do it. This, these are just, this is literally how we did it. Right. Cold emails to video game news sites, paying our own way or getting yeah. a company to pay our way to go to E3 just to see it, to understand it, to wrap our heads around it, to meet people. Like, we were, we were working, we were beating our head uh, against a lot of walls yeah. trying to figure out. I think we had a very strong fake it till you make it attitude, uh -huh. but not in, like, the phony taking in investment money kind of way, not, like, faking projections and, you know, financial... Bullshit. It was very much like we're just going to project an aura of success and we're going to act like we belong. And it was easier back then because nobody understood the Internet enough to tell us <laughs> we, we, we weren't successful. Right. Right. It was very easy. Mm -hmm. Very easy to fake it. Right. It's like, oh, you had a website. Like, that was nuts. That's 90% of the job right there. Right. Yeah. That, that, that in itself was legitimacy. But, yeah. So when people ask, like you said, nowadays how to do it, like, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't tell you now. I could no tell clue. you how, how to do it 
20, 25 years ago. Yeah. Uh, these days, man, good luck. Everyone's trying to do that. Uh, it was, it, we were definitely fortunate to be early and, you know, jumping on this. And to like what I was talking about earlier, if I had stayed in college till the year 2000, we wouldn't have been doing this. Yeah. You know, we had a head start on, uh, on trying to do all of this stuff and, uh, I, and trying to get in front of it. I probably would have continued making punk scenes. Like, it's something we don't talk about, but I continued doing the punk scene thing, even into Ugly Internet and maybe even a little bit yeah. into Drunk Gamers. I was still running that independently on the side because I it was a, well... It was free music mm-hmm. for me. It was, it was free albums and f- access to free concerts at Emos. But then eventually I got burned out. But I, I, I also, like, it was very clear which path was going somewhere yeah. and which wasn't. So I switched. I, I went all in on the RT thing. But who knows? Yeah. Well, I think that's a recurring theme, right? It's like we weren't making a lot of money. We were trying to find hobbies that we could parlay into free stuff, whether it's free movies by reading The Chronicle uh, free music by doing a punk scene, free video games by doing drunk gamers. Uh, it was always like, let's, if we're going to be doing this stuff for fun, let's try to focus it in a productive way where we get something out of it. And we had the benefit, because we had no money, but we had the benefit of the EB Games seven-day return policy. Oh, yeah. Funko Land is what we used to, Funko Land, yeah. we used to use. Yeah. And so we knew that we could, we essentially had to buy one $60 game and then we had, we had free access to video games to review for the rest of our lives. We knew those guys. We, we used to, I used to go to the Funko Land over there in Sunset Valley, uh-huh. which is a GameStop now by, God, it used to be CompUSA, whatever, it's Michael's now. And the guys who worked there, we knew all of the staff. And they knew, like, every, you know, we were going to be constantly coming in. and every seven days. Yeah, and, 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 you know, swapping our game out, returning our game, and getting a different game. I got carded at that GameStop to buy, when I bought Conker's Bad Fur Day. Which was the first video game review we did on Drunk Gamers. I think we played Onimusha first, but I think Conker's might have been the first thing was we it? released. Yeah, man, I might have been, yeah. like, 20. Two when we when that game came out and you had to be seventeen to buy it and I got carded to buy that video game which is dumb as hell to me. Oh man, I was gonna say uh, I meant to say uh, or I wanted to say rather I dr- I was driving around yesterday I had like an hour to kill before I had to be at RT and so I was just driving around East Oldtorf. I had all I almost bought a house on East Oldtorf many many, many oh, many years right. ago right the house that was falling yeah that it failed inspection which right. is why I didn't buy it. Uh, had it passed inspection, I'd probably still be living there. But I wanted to go see if the house was still standing. And so I was driving over there. And in the process of going through East Oldtorf, I drove by Wan Fu. Oh, and yeah. it's a dentist office now. Is it? It's a very nice dentist office, yeah. The, and it looks like, I mean, I can't I can't say for sure, but it lo- from the outside, it looks like those floors are dry. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. But 888 Vietnamese is still there. I never the liked side. that place. It's I, I never liked it Java Noodle was also right there. Or Java Noodle, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 888 and Java Noodle. I, I, those places use too much, like... Coconut curry, like coconut mm. milk in their curries. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, so. I remember Ray, the guy we worked with, loved Java. Noodle. Ray and we had a lot of people with similar names. Ray and J. Ray both loved that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> dude, it was the '90s. Don't ask. <laughs> um, yeah, anytime we went to go to lunch and they wanted to go there, I was like, Nah, never mind. I'm just gonna go to Gaddy's or something. Uh, you talked about just kind of driving around, like killing time or whatever. Is that something you do a lot? Like I do, yeah, yeah. Gus, do you do anything like that? Uh, sometimes, if I'm bored on the weekend, I might I might drive around a bit, especially down like your that area you're talking mm-hmm. about the old the old stomping grounds. I do a, I do a, I try to do a Sunday drive every Sunday. Oh wow! Yeah, but that's the day for it. Yeah, well, it's, statistics, it's in the name. Statistics yeah. show. Yeah, so I, it's something that like it's such an antiquated thing in American history, Sunday driving. Mm-hmm. But it was something my family always did, so I still to this day try to do it in some fashion. It's just going out for a drive on a Sunday. Yeah. 
Huh. Checking in on stuff. Austin is, it's easy in Austin because the entire city has been under construction for the last 15 years. So every Sunday, it's a different city. So I remember, the, when I first moved to Austin, I'll, I'll, I'll remember, I always remember this. Well, I'm going to remember this date forever now because it has taken on new meaning. But it was January 6th, 1998. Wow. <laughs> and I moved into an apartment complex off of Riverside there, Riverside and Royal Crest. And like I moved in, I moved in with a friend of mine, uh, Joe. He, uh, he lived in a studio, and he very kindly let me sleep on his floor. He's the one who you stole the job at Telenetwork right. from we talked about, yeah. And um, the first night I was there, like, I, I moved up. I had, like, a, a shitty little truck and, like, a box of stuff. And I was like, okay, I live in Austin now. I don't, you know, I've, I've been to Austin many times, but never, like, on my own as an adult, right? Well, yeah, for the most part. Like, I never lived in Austin. So I was like, I need to, if I'm going to be living here, I need to know the city. So I went across the street on Riverside. You know, the HEB is right there at, like, Riverside and Pleasant Valley. And back, it's been rebuilt. It's not the same. The old, not the one that was built behind it. Yeah. So I went there, and in the parking lot of that old HEB, I don't know if you remember this. There used to be an Exxon gas station, Mm -hmm. and I went to that Exxon gas station, and I bought a a city map of the city of Austin, and I I took it back to the apartment, and I remember like sitting. I was sleeping on the floor. I like unfurled the city map on the floor, and I like put like with a pen. I like circled where I lived, and I circled that HEB. I was like, all right, I need to learn this city. Like, I'm going to, like, circle places I've been to so I remember where everything is and I learned the layout of the city. And, like, that was day one. Like, step one was, like, buy a map, learn my way around this town. That is awesome. Wow. And uh, I think day two, if I remember right, January 7th, maybe January 8th, I went to that old movie theater that was right there. Uh, It's not a movie theater anymore. It's, like, now it's a Chinese buffet, Joy East. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was the Presidio, I want to say, is what that movie theater was called. Yeah. I went over there because Jackie Brown was playing. Hell yeah. And it was like one of the first things I did in Austin, like day day two or day three. I went uh, and I watched Jackie Brown in the theater, at that theater. And it's funny now because we work with another guy named Brian Gar, who at that time worked at that theater, <laughs> and he always talks about uh, specifically, you know, like showings of Jackie Brown. It's like, man, you might have been the projectionist oh, yeah. when I was there, like watching at my screening of Jackie Brown. Is that the movie theater where the guy ordered the pizza Dude, to the movie? Yes, we were watching Stigmata. Oh, uh, that's a scary movie. It was you, me. I think Jason might have been there in April, and uh, maybe uh, Abby or Margaret was there too. Anyway, uh, we were all we all went down together to watch Stigmata, and like halfway through the movie, you know how movie theaters you normally enter from the back, right? The doors are at the mm-hmm. back that lead out to the lobby and everything, but there's also exits at the front under the screen for like normally you go out to the parking lot. We were watching Stigmata, and one of those doors under the screen at the front of the theater opened oh up. Oh my god. What? Nothing. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about oh, happening during. Stigmata. You hit the zoom. You hit the zoom recorder no, no, and said, no, no, "Oh my sorry, god!" Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I just. I'm oh, thinking. Oh, oh my god. I'm thinking about the doors opening while Stigmata's going. And it was in in stepped a Domino's delivery driver with a pizza, and he looks around this dark theater and he's like, "Mike, Mike," and yeah, when some dude stands like, "Yo, over here." <laughs> The Domino's guy walks in, and then his pizza takes his money, and then walks right back out that door. And this is not the kind of movie theater what? in the in the part of town where you raise a stink or complain. <laughs> right. Oh man, uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that the guy ordering a Domino's pizza. What was the first? Do you remember going back to those early days? Do you remember the first place in Austin that either you fell in love with or that you felt like? Oh, this is my spot. Like, I'm a local now. Or, like, this is my, like, I, I identify with this place. I'm going to come here all the time. It's like an anchor point for yeah. me. It was definitely Casino. Casino? Absolutely Casino El Camino. Okay. Uh, and that would have been before you met me. Yeah. yeah. I I, I, hadn't, I didn't go there frequently because, like, again, we keep talking about it. I was poor. I didn't have a lot of money to go out drinking. But if I was going to go out drinking, it was definitely going to be Casino. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was, that was was definitely, like, home base for, for anything. 
I, I, I don't know if it's nostalgia or just being old now, but it felt like back then it was definitely easier to park. Uh, you could park like right in front of a casino mm-hmm. and, and walk right in. But it felt like it wasn't as rowdy or crazy in the downtown area. It might have just been there weren't as many people yeah. in general, so it wasn't like this overwhelming crush uh, constantly on the weekend. I mean, we were not a destination city yeah. back then, right? Like, you go to 6th Street now, and it's bachelorette party after bachelorette party after bachelor party after, like, it's just, it's, and in addition to the 10 billion people that go for other reasons, yeah. but, like, Austin has become, like, this vacation destination spot that I don't think, I still, I mean, I I, I get it because I love Austin, but it's not like we have a lot to do here other than eat and drink. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But that's what you do on I guess those so. trips, I guess right? Sense, like it's right? It, yeah. like you're not. It's I don't know. You can go like museum trips, but this is a like this is an eat and drinking city. Yeah, and absolutely. that's that's all people want to do for that stuff. Do we? I don't, I don't know how long we've been recording for, but do we have time to talk about Rainy Street? How long have we been recording for? About forty-five. Let's talk about it a little bit. Okay. okay. So Rainy Street. T- speaking of like destination, like Rainy Street as people know it today is like a bunch of bars and like. A couple hotels down there at the end. Tons of high-rise condos. Yeah, condos. It's like trailer, trailer park eateries. It's a very like hip part of town. Very much a destination. Like if you know you're visiting from out of town, it's like oh, go to Rainy Street and whatever. And what it is, if you've not been, it's like um, um, amongst these condos and high-rise developments on this one street are also these old craftsman-style 120-year-old homes that have been converted into bars and restaurants. Yeah. That are just gorgeous now. It didn't used to always be that way. Uh, side note. The, the, the main characters of King of the Hill lived on Rainy Street. Yep. Yep. Um, but back before all of this was built, uh, it used to just be run, those same craftsman homes, but before they were fixed up, run down with 100 years of wear and tear on them, just like falling apart, like mm-hmm. holes in the roof, you know, a plywood ho- plugging up a hole in the wall, like, you know, really dilapidated, falling apart. It, and it felt like nature was taking that street back. Absolutely. Like it really it was so overgrown and like swampy and... Like for like not foresty, but like you know what I mean. It yeah. was just like dense. And and it's not to say like it was a scary part of town or anything. It's just no. like there was no reason to go there. If you lived there, sure. But you know, I guess it, it's really close to downtown. But why would you go there? Yeah, it was a street with it was a street with twenty five houses maybe that were all dilapidated, but all lived in and it was far enough away from everything that you wouldn't go there to park yeah. right yeah like there would be like there'd be really no reason to go there yeah. unless you lived there or knew somebody there and we had a friend who lived there yeah in one of those streets he rent he didn't you know he didn't own the house he lived uh he rented that house with some other friends uh like mutual friends and they all lived at this house it was at the northwest corner of rainy street yeah it became it was across the street from God, even this is a dated reference, but it was across the street from Luster Pearl. Yeah, that's how I think of and it. And it was the, sp- <laughs> it was the, sp- it became the sports bar, that was I guess owned by Bridget Dunlap as well. Uh, but uh, it was like nine eighteen. I don't remember the name of it, but yeah. it's, it was the sports bar directly a- across from, from the original Luster Pearl, which was picked up and moved, physically yeah. moved. So we spent time down there quite a bit, hanging out with uh, with this friend of ours at his house, and every now and then, you know, he'd have like a house party, invite a bunch of people over. And I remember one time we were uh, down there, Jeff and I, You both, we both uh, were at this party of his. This guy was, still is awesome dude. Awesome. Uh, really great guy. One of the best people I've, I've known. Uh, really interesting, fun dude. Really great DM for D&D. Yes. Uh, one but, of the best uh, DMs I've ever had. But like this, but like an anarcho-punk like really oh, cool. like really politically minded really big into the in the anarcho scene back then like just just a, like to just kind of frame that scene and yeah. what those parties looked like and had this huge overgrown backyard with like yeah. a chain link fence and with like a fire pit in the middle of it yeah 
you know, we show up to this party and there's a keg of beer, which is shocking because kegs are expensive. And, you know, none of us really has any money. We were flabbergasted, like literally flabbergasted to see a keg of beer. Yeah, we're like, wow, okay, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's go get a beer. We just arrived Dove there. In. Yeah, so Jeff and I, you know, have a beer. We're sitting there like, oh, there's a beer. I've never, I don't know what this beer is. It's a little, like, little skunky, little but skunky, it's good. Like, I would have expected like Lone Star maybe, but like, I don't know. What is this? Like, yeah. We're like talking about it, trying to figure it out. So then we go ask our friend, like, hey, what, what kind of beer is that? What is that keg? He's like, oh, I don't know. Um, those two people over there, I don't remember their names anymore. These people I'd never met before. Yeah. Those two people over there brought the keg. I was like, oh, weird. I've never seen those people before, but okay, I'll go ask, we'll go ask them what the keg is. Uh, we walk up to these people like, hey. You're going to love this. Good to meet you. I'm Gus, Jeff, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we're drinking some of this beer. It's like, what is this? We don't know, recognize we, we can't, it. We can't place it. We, never rec- we can't recognize it. They're like, oh, we don't know. We found it in the empty lot down the street and just brought it up to the party. What? He goes, can you believe it? It was just sitting in the woods. A full keg of beer. What? Yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, okay. And we left. <laughs> we didn't drink any more of that beer. That was we it. left. <laughs> we were like, what poison did we just drink? We were convinced for an evening we were going to die, and we went home. <laughs> but that was that scene. Like, you couldn't be mad at those guys yeah, like, because okay, that yeah, was that the was, life they were living. It's right. like, oh, you found beer in the woods and yeah. you're drinking uh-huh. yeah. without a second thought right. drinking it? Yeah, right. absolutely. Who abandons a keg of beer in right. the woods? To this day, I don't know. What the hell was that keg doing there? It must have been uh, six months old. Who knows? Who knows? It's just absolutely wild. So uh, I have drank beer that's been found in the woods before uh, in my life. <laughs> it was It was like, was it tapped? And he's like, yeah, it was already tapped. We didn't have to do any work. This is insane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely bonkers. <laughs> I like old Rainy Street. New, new Rainy Street sucks. Yeah, so it's, it's funny. It's such a juxtaposition because yeah. what, no, it, what it is now is nothing like what it was before. And I'm not like, you know, a lot of Austinites hate Rainy Street for what it is now. And I get that. I'm ambivalent towards it. I just don't have a reason to go yeah. over there. Although I will say Bangers used to be a pretty good restaurant. Yeah. But at the beginning, when it first started to, to change, it was a pretty interesting place. Like, there was an Indian restaurant. I guess it's still there yeah. called Garage Mahal, mm-hmm. which was literally – was called Garage Mahal because it was in somebody's garage in their backyard. And the people were still living in the front yard. Awesome. You could just go into their backyard, and there was seating set yeah. up, and you would eat out of this trailer, and it was really lovely. And there was about two years there where it was pretty much just Garage Mahal, and then eventually I think Luster Pearl opened up, and then it was off to the races. Yeah. I saw you're talking about people in Austin grousing about Rainy Street. I saw someone actually posted this podcast in the Austin subreddit. I saw that too a few days ago. Really? Yeah. yeah. And um, dorks. <laughs> it was interesting because people, you know, who independent of uh, Rooster Teeth and whatever, some, most people seemed pretty receptive to it. But there was one person who left a comment that was something like, you know, oh, people complaining about how Austin used to be better. I'll pass. And you know, people were in the comments were like, well, you know, not really. They don't really, you know, dwell on that. And I, I hope that is the takeaway. We're never, I, we're never trying to talk about how things used to be better. I don't think they were. I no. think they were just different. Right. We were younger. We were at a different place in our life. It was a different city. Things, things didn't get worse. Right. And things have definitely changed. But that's not the theme of this podcast. The theme, or the, the, the theme is not that things got worse. The theme is that things have changed. Yeah, and we've changed with right. Austin, right? Like that's been part of the beauty of this. Is I feel like. So I, I came here when I was 18, and now I'm 46, and it is an unrecognizably different city. Yeah. But I am an unrecognizably different person, and I feel like Austin and I have in many ways grown together, yeah. uh, and that, that's part of the fun of this. Uh, I have to give you guys all the credit in the world, because if I was doing a similar podcast about San Diego, like my hometown where I grew up, where I have all these memories and everything... You're wearing a podcast hat right now? That would, exactly. I wouldn't be nearly as 
measured and like receptive as you mm. guys are. And I don't know if that's with age or what, but like there's a lot of what's what Austin is going through right now is what San Diego went through in the 90s mm. where everyone was I grew up in San Diego. I'm from San Diego. Nobody was from San Diego yeah. at the time. Yeah. It was just a transplant city. And that's what Austin's going through now. So when I talk about it or when I look back at it, I have fond memories and positive stuff, but all the change and everything, it's really hard to be like yeah, it's like, hey, you know, I changed and things changed. A, a lot of times you just want to bite at it, and yeah. you guys are not doing that at all. So, like, all the credit in the world to you guys it's for It's an interesting that. retrospective looking back. Maybe it is an age thing. Maybe we're getting to a point where looking at everything, looking at everything. I feel like I'm trying to look at it objectively yeah. whenever possible. Yeah. I remember, this is unrelated, but I remember back in 2001 when I was working at that other job downtown. For the first time in my life, I started making good money. Mm -hmm. Like, I was hired doing IT work for this company. Uh, I was 23 years old and they were paying me $62,000 a year Hell in yeah. the year 2001. I was like, I was like, I'm loaded. I'm Fuck, fucking dude. set. Borrow some money from you. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I want to buy a house, right? It was like, Jeff bought a house. He was uh, working at the call center. Like, I'm making like really good money. I'm going to buy a house. Twice what I was making yeah. when I bought the house. So I started looking at houses and I always really, at, at the time, like I was like, I'm going to buy a house in Terrytown. <laughs> I remember I contacted a realtor and there was this, there was this house. It was a corner lot. I want to say it was a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath. Uh, not a very big house. I want to say it was like 900, 1,000 square feet, something like that. And uh, we're looking through it. Realtor's showing me the house, and it's $300,000. And I remember laughing. be like, no one's ever going to pay $300,000 for this house. That is absolutely ridiculous. I'm not buying this house. That house is probably worth like $2 million today. Dude, I remember there was this guy we used to work with at the tech support company who was older than us, really sweet guy, and he, he, was, he worked at... Well, he worked at UT, and he worked the call center at night because he had a bunch of kids he was trying to put through college, mm -hmm. and he was just like oh, this yeah. really sweet older dad. Uh, I ran into him a few years ago and uh, had about a five-minute conversation with him. It was really great to see him. Yeah, nice guy. Lovely guy. Yeah. Lovely guy. But I would give him a ride home sometimes because he was like a one-car family, and uh, he lived in Travis Heights, and he had. I would talk to him about it all the time because I always felt like I just missed the boat on Travis Heights. Yeah. Like, if I'd have been... Two years older, I would have been able to buy a house for $92,000 in Travis Heights instead of on East Riverside. Yeah. He bought his house, I want to say in like 93, in Travis Heights for seventy two grand. Wow. And that house has got to be worth $3 million. Yeah, you know? that's nuts. Just like a little 1,200 square foot craftsman home. If it's even there anymore, it might have been bulldozed Probably by now. Bulldozed, but, yeah. but I just remember thinking like $72,000 to live in Travis Heights in my lifetime. Of course. Like we talked about before, interest rates were totally different. You'd be yeah. paying yeah, yeah, yeah. out the butt interest on that. We should wrap up because okay. we're right at that hour. Oh, but okay. um, Time flies. Yeah, yeah right? Uh, Jeff, do you have any guesses for the name? Oh, oh, uh, oh before I you read all, a good one. Before you all start guessing. Uh -huh. I, I, so I'm not trying to narrow this down. I, I read the comments everywhere. Yeah. Our website, Reddit, on different podcast apps, yeah. the comments. Someone somewhere on in the internet has the right idea. Okay. They didn't get it. Okay. But like the thought, I could see the thought process was starting. I was like, oh, that's the closest anyone has come. Wow. Okay. The guest that I read that I immediately fell in love with okay. that seems plausible, and I guess it's not right, but maybe maybe it's in, headed in the right direction, is Another Morning in Austin. Oh, no, no, no. That's Anima. not it. Okay. Because hmm. remember it, Gus says yeah. that the yes, end's not yes, its own it's, distinct it's, word. It's an, it's yeah. an, 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 some kind of an word. Uh <sighs> A lot of good guesses, by the way. Please keep sending them uh, either like on... I read all of them. I, either I podcast reviews or our website, Reddit, wherever. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with Austin, but I really do think it's something like And My Austin. And I, my like, Austin. Yeah, but again, it's not. 
but that's my guess. Oh, apples and my Austin. <laughs> <laughs> and my apples. <laughs> my apples. And my apples. Jeff gave me Cosmic Crisp apples for my birthday. Mm. It's a quality apple. A bag of apples. They're a buck eighty-nine each. Wow. Very expensive. That's, that sounds like organic apple prices. He got prices. nine dollars worth of apples for his birthday. <laughs> I ate half one and threw it in the water. He did. Oh, what a waste. <laughs> it's an apple. It's All an right. Apple. Uh, you guys can follow us, uh, Anima Podcast, on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, got a lot of ideas about what we're going to be posting on Instagram, uh, which is apparently uh, going to continue to be my job to do. We'll so. get, we need to get social help because <laughs> I, I would love to, I know, but I would love to uh, just start to post in retrospective photos yeah. of oh, like love it. places as they existed then yeah. versus now if yeah. we can find them. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Gus sent us uh, all these Wan Fu things <laughs> and we got mad when we didn't thank acknowledge you, it. Thank you. Nobody, um, nobody acknowledged Sorry, so sorry. Yeah. We're uh, busy with work. So, uh, but follow us. Let us know what your guess is for A-N-M-A, but again, it's it's A-N- the first word Mom. and it's dream logic so it's, dream logic. it's not it, 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 it doesn't make explicit sense it does in a dream logic kind of way great uh any parting words for all the people Dad, thanks for listening and uh, see you next time jesus, jesus. I, I i felt i switched into yeah, face yeah, mode yeah, for a second no yeah i gotta do that later today stay anima stay anima <laughs> <laughs>